In today's video, I'm going to talk about something really difficult. How to deal with being diagnosed with an STD or an STI. And there are five main things I'm going to cover. The first one is how to pull yourself out of that no one is going to love me ever again thought and feeling. The second thing is how to deal with the stigma around those and other people's reactions. Also, how to feel confident both relationship-wise and when it comes to pursuing being sexual again. Also, how to approach dating again. And finally, how to deal with the shame and guilt. Well, the first step in this is how to pull yourself out of the no one is ever going to love me again. That's a pretty common feeling. And the first thing to recognize is we're all perfectly imperfect. Every one of us has a disease. Now, for those of you who haven't been through this, you're like, I don't have a disease. Well, all a disease is, is a perfect imperfection. See, some of this is about reframing. People are allergic to things, food, medicine, many different things. All of us have something in our life that is less than perfect. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, this just happens to be your less than perfect aspect of yourself. It may limit you in certain things you can do, just like somebody with lupus or whatever condition it may be. So the first step in pulling yourself out of no one is ever going to love me again is to get into truth. You just have a perfect imperfection. This happens to be yours. I know society and everyone else judges it as somehow negative and all of that, but that's about them. I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. So the first step to pull yourself out of that no one is going to love me again is to get into truth. This is just a perfect imperfection. You're not a bad person. You're not to blame. It's not your fault. You are responsible. You made choices that ended up here, but you didn't choose this. That is not what you signed up for. This is a natural consequence of being a perfectly imperfect human. We all have things in our life that are less than perfect, that are diseases, right? Codependence, alcoholism. There's just society somehow grades things. Well, don't grade yourself. Don't degrade yourself by placing this condition is somehow less than anyone else on the planet. I'm going to get more into that when I talk about the shame and the guilt. The next step in to get through this and pull yourself out of that no one's going to love me again phase is to educate yourself. These are incredibly common. Many people have these. Studies show that half of the population will get an STD in their lifetime. Half. So just start walking around, looking at people and go, they'll get one, they'll get one, they'll get one. Like, that's just what the studies show. Also, the CDC 
says that one in five people have an existing STI, all right? So you're not alone in this. This is just a dirty little secret. We just, we condone so many other diseases as somehow um, a badge of honor, or it, it, we have tremendous empathy for it and consideration and grace for the perfectly imperfect nature of life. But because we have such a stigma around anything intimate physically, we've placed this as somehow less than others. Well, if one out of five people are walking around with one and half the population is going to get this, those numbers are higher than many other diseases. So it's incredibly common. Many people are struggling with this. So that means, to me at least, we need to remove this self-judgment inside of ourselves that I'm somehow bad or deficient. And that's what will help us get out of this no one's going to love me again hole. It doesn't make you a tramp or any of the other worse words that are out there. We all have something in our life that is less than perfect. It's bad enough that you walked into this situation not knowing that your partner had this. Now, in many cases, that partner may not have known. But every day you restrict yourself and you say, no one's going to love me. You are now giving them even more power over you. Do you see that? Like I said, it's bad enough that you walked away with this and you're struggling with this condition. Don't give them that. They don't deserve that. They have taken enough from you. Take your power back. Don't let any person on this planet ever rob you of your inherent worth and that you deserve to be loved again and mostly loved by yourself. Because that's primarily what happens here is we make a projection, no one else will love me, but the truth is we're not loving ourselves. And the greatest way that we don't love ourselves is we then give our power away and say, no one else will love me. That's just a lie. We have worth at all times, no matter what we do. It is a birthright that we all are born into this world with inherent worth. And the only time we lose that is when we give it away to others. All right, so don't let them take that worth from you. Now, how do we deal with the stigma and other people's reactions? Well, this has everything to do with them. I talk about this in my self-deception videos, my denial videos, and I highly recommend you go watch my video, How to Turn Any Insult into a Blessing. Because whenever we judge, blame, criticize, or hate anyone or anything, we are always talking about a part of ourselves that we haven't healed either directly or indirectly. So while it may be true they're judging us for having these conditions or any other disease, whatever it may be, their judgment of it, their blame, their hatred, and trying to minimize you and degrade you is just an expression of a disease inside of themselves 
that they are judging, hating, criticizing, degrading. And they can't see it in themselves, so they're projecting it onto you. And so what you really have is a lack of personal forgiveness, an inability to accept that the human condition requires that we all have perfect imperfections, that each one of us has a disease that we will battle the rest of our life. It could be the disease of low self-esteem. It could be the disease of cancer. It could be any number of diseases. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so when we are pointing the finger at somebody else, we aren't looking at ourselves and seeing that, wow, I have my own disease. I have my own perfect imperfection that I have shame and guilt over. Something that I think is less than anybody else's condition. I won't love myself. I won't forgive myself. And I'm going to take it out on them. So whenever you run into criticism or judgment, remember that person isn't talking about you. It's actually a gift. They are being incredibly vulnerable and honest and real about their perfect imperfection. Now, what gets people confused when I talk about this is they take it matter-of-factly, like, well, I don't have an STI. I don't have any of those. This isn't about me. I'm not the one with the disease. Remember, denial and self-deception and projection works in two ways, directly and indirectly. Direct is simple. If I say I can't stand men who wear suits, bright colors, pocket squares, and they decorate their house with bright colors, it's obvious who I'm talking about. Me, that's how I dress, that's how I decorate my house, okay? We can see that. So if someone says, I can't stand people with STIs and they don't have one, that's direct. All right. What gets people confused about judgment, blame, criticism, and hate is the indirect. It's metaphorical. So they may say that, you know, like the example I always use is I hate stupid drivers. That's how I figured all this out was I didn't drive the way people drove that I was complaining about. But the operative word is stupid because, see, in every judgment, blame, and criticism, there's a deep, heavy, emotional word that they ascribe to it, something degrading. And that's what we want to look for. And so if someone judges or blames you, look for the emotional content of the slander that they throw in your face. You're stupid. You're a... all those terrible words. Whatever it may be where they degrade you in some way. What they're telling you is a metaphor. If they don't have an STD or an STI, they're telling you the metaphor of how they think they're stupid. Some area in their life, they're not operating to their standards. That's not about you. That's about them. And so when I recognize that everything is a metaphor, 
in the indirect side of judgment, blame, and criticism, criticism of self-deception and denial, then I'm able to see that when people make their judgments of me, because as you can see some videos, I get a lot of them. I feel really blessed. This person is showing me their humanity. They're showing me their vulnerability. They're telling me about an emotional part of themselves, a deep, heavy pain, their disease. They're basically just going, here's my disease, Kenny. I feel really bad about myself in this area of my life. I don't know what to do with it. No one's taught me how to deal with it. Our society promotes that it's always somebody else. So I'm not even aware of it. And I can't forgive myself for it, Kenny. Well, I end up having tremendous empathy. And that's, what I, that's why I share this with you. Is that stigma and other people's reactions. They're taking something from their own life. A stigma they have about themselves. A reaction that they've received about an imperfection in themselves. And they're placing all of that on you. Well, again, don't give them that power. Now, if you want to learn more, this is a tough concept for people to grab a hold of because they have to look at themselves. They're like, oh, I don't really want to admit that there might be truth in this about me. It's hard for us to see. Denial and self-deception to me is the single greatest disease on the planet because people don't realize when they complain and judge, they're actually talking about themselves. It's very difficult for us to get that level of self-awareness. And so that's why I suggest go watch that video, how to turn any insult into a blessing and really invest in watching the videos on my self-deception and denial playlist. Because when you start to see this and how it works directly and indirectly, and that if you don't do exactly what you're judging, you're, but you're doing it, what you need to find is the metaphor and how it's indirect. Just like I said, I hate stupid drivers. What was indirect for me was stupid. The message I got sent as a child was I was stupid. Plus, here I am, a person, supposedly, who has life figured out. I'm here making these videos, right? Yet I've suffered through multiple addictions, two horrific divorces. One, I was marriage, I was physically and verbally abused. Bankruptcy. I played two pro sports and never wanted to play. I spent three days holed up in my apartment trying to write my kids a suicide note. Do you see why, what the metaphor is? I hate stupid drivers. What's the metaphor of driver? I don't know how to drive my own life. That's why I attach to the way people drive. I was trying to tell myself, Kenny, you're human. No one teaches you how to deal with the pain you went through childhood. Addiction is all about childhood, unhealed pain, and attempt to soothe it. You're trying to navigate it. No one taught you that you're going to pick spouses that'll abuse you, just like you experienced in childhood. You will relive it against yourself. You will live the worst day cycle out. You will pick sports and careers and everything that mirror your unhealed pain. All of it. That's all we ever do. Everything we're doing, we're trying to show ourselves what we need to heal. Every choice in life, that's all it is. Literally, the colors we choose, all of it. Everything we do in life is to show us the pain we haven't addressed yet. And everything is a metaphor that we turn back on ourselves. And so remember that. When other people's 
stigma and their reactions show up. Don't take it on. You've already taken on enough from somebody else's disease. Give that back to them. Recognize it's their unhealed pain that they don't know what to do with. I'm not saying you condone it. I'm not saying you allow it. But recognize it for what it is. It's their pain. Let them carry it. Let them decide if they want to do the self-deception denial work to set themselves free and ultimately forgive themselves. All right? So number three, how do you feel confident, again, both personally and when it comes to physical intimacy? Well, this is what I touched on earlier. You have worth at all times. No matter what you do, your existence as a human being is enough. You don't have to do or be anything. You already are. Even with your disease, whatever it may be. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are already enough. You are already worthy. Did you listen to all of my diseases? I have so many more than just an STD or STI. I don't have either, but I'm just saying... Look at all of my diseases. I have countless codependents, falsely empowered, disempowered, love addict. Like, I'm an incredibly diseased person, and I have worth. And so do you. We all do. It is inherent in all of us. And so it's our job, with any disease we might have in our life, to recognize that it is part of being human. To have imperfections, or as in this example, diseases. I am enough. We all share. It's something every one of us has, an imperfection, which I'm equating to a disease. Something we battle and we struggle with, and it strips us of our worth and makes us want to think we are not enough and that we don't have value because I have this thing I want to swear really bad. That's a bunch of baloney. We all have worth. Everyone, even the most despicable, has worth. We are all born with worth. Yes, there are behaviors that are less than perfect, abusive, rotten, all of those things. We don't condone them. We set boundaries and consequences. Could mean jail, could mean no relationship, lots of different things. But the fact that a person is born, it is inherent that they are enough and they have worth. <clears throat> so the thing we have to watch out for is if there are differences between us, any of us, any difference at all, it doesn't make us better than or less than. Our differences make us equal. I want to say that again. There aren't differences that make us better than or less than. 
Our differences make us equal. This is one of the biggest problems, and this is the sign of severe codependence. Is a, and you'll see, look, you can see how severely diseased and codependent I am. Just watch my videos and how I go falsely empowered and act like I have the answers to everything and I'm a know-it-all and like it is so prevalent how diseased I am because I get better than a lot. And sometimes I get less than too. More, most often I get better than and in my explanations of these things. What that is, is a banishment of self. It's basically, that's what you're experiencing when you see me do that. And this is for anyone who gets better than or tries to um, rate imperfections as some are better than or less than others. <clears throat> when we do that, we have dropped into the narcissistic stage of childhood development. We all go through a narcissistic stage. It's very healthy. It's um, a requirement so we can learn healthy detachment and become our autonomous self. The problem is we, we all experience childhood trauma at that age because our parents are perfectly imperfect. And I know people don't like the, tr the word trauma, but trauma is any life event that leaves a long-lasting negative effect. Well, look at your life. Your life is filled with perfect imperfections, divorces, careers, all these things that are less than perfect, well, that's all back there. And it happened at an age, and the, here's the other thing is, the first seven years of life, we're in a brain state. I'm going to stay out of the science of it, but we're in a brain state where we don't cognitively think or process. We're basically in a hypnotic state where we're just downloading our parents' feelings and their attitudes about life. And so most people have no recollection of the less than perfect life experience they had. They're just stuck in it, all right? And that's where these diseases and imperfections get caught. And so when we go better than, we drop right down to that age, usually in that three to six kind of age range of a narcissistic better than, all right? That's what we had to do in that stage. It's healthy for a child to do this. And so when you see me, or anyone else get better than and claim they have the answers to everything and that, you know, what's right or wrong or they disagree instead of opening, them, opening themselves up to, you know, how these things work, what you're seeing is them drop right into childhood into that narcissistic stage, okay? That's all it is, all right? It doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make them less than. Everyone on this planet does it. We all have had moments where we go up like that and think, you know, we're righteous. This is the righteous position. And there may be truth to that. But our need to categorize and elevate ourselves as our imperfection being better, like, you know, I talk about this empaths. That's an example too. Empaths see this as a badge of honor. It makes me better than the narcissist. Like you'll see that, victims and narcissists. I'm better than them. Well, they're just both perfectly imperfect. They exercise their imperfection this way. We exercise ours this way. We're both struggling and going through things. I'm not condoning their behavior, but the empath is responsible for the part they play in that dynamic as well, and they do play a part. And so that's the, do you see how 
whichever disease or imperfection we have, it's shared. The differences just make us the same, not better than or less than. And so again, to feel confident personally and when it comes to physical intimacy, don't give your power away. They have taken enough from you. And don't do it to yourself by going better than or less than. Remember, maturity and moderation is here. It's not one up or one down. It's recognizing the hu that we are all human. We are all perfectly imperfect. We all have diseases. We're all equal. And we all, meaning we all are fighting a battle. They're different. Not one is better than the other. And as soon as we start classifying ourselves, we have taken ourselves out of maturity and moderation. We are in codependence and we are trying to hide our low self-worth and our lack of confidence by making ourselves better than. Put ourselves here, navigate from a place of, oh, well, that's how they see the world. Hmm. Well, you know, there are times I feel, you know, for the person struggling with an STD or STI, this would be the thought process. Well, I can see that they're judging me. Well, that makes me sad for them because I judge myself too. And I don't like it when I judge myself for having this condition. And so they're judging themselves. Oh my gosh, we're equal. So this isn't about me. I don't need to give my confidence away or give my power away. They're just showing me how they struggle. Well, I'm showing them too. I'm really upset about all this. Do you see? Maturity and moderation, relationship can happen from here. There's an allowance for grace. There's an allowance for the human experience. That Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We are all fighting a disease equally. None of us are better than, none of us are less than. All right? <clears throat> the next thing to remember is no one ever rejects us. It's not possible. People just choose what works best for them. I use this example a lot. If you went out to dinner and somebody chose something else to eat than you, they didn't reject you. They just chose something that works for them. All right. Some people may want somebody who doesn't have this condition. Well, how is that any different than somebody who says, you know, I really don't want to be with someone who has cancer or lupus or anxiety or stress or fear or is a Christian or a Muslim. It's all it is. They're just making a preference. I don't know if it's good or bad. It seems to work for them. I'm in support of that. I want you to choose things that work for you. So don't give yourself away and give your power away. And basically, not basically, but then turn the rejection on yourself by saying my value and worth is determined by your opinion of me and whether you accept me or not. That's self-rejection. Well, that's the worst of all. Again, it's bad enough that this person didn't communicate to us 
that they were struggling with a condition and they gave us this and now we have to struggle with it. Don't reject yourself by belittling yourself or making your worth determined whether somebody accepts you or not. Don't give them that. Now, if you want to learn that complete process, head over to my website. Go to the resources tab. Scroll down. You'll see I have like six free downloads. The one you're going to want to download is how to remove feeling rejected. It gives you a simple process to do. I'll be honest, I stole it from Gabor Matei. It's, it's a beautiful way to look at this so that we can recognize when that feeling of rejection comes up that it has nothing to do with us. It's about them, their preferences, and in most cases, really how they're rejecting themselves. It's nothing, it has nothing to do with you. All right, let's move on to number four, how to approach dating again. First of all, get out there. Get dating. I'm not saying sleeping around. I'm saying don't give your confidence away. Pull yourself out of that hole. Don't degrade yourself and restrict yourself. Learn how to navigate this condition, which means learn how to love yourself and go, Yep, I hear that your disease is um, uh, lupus or your disease is Christianity or your disease is uh, you like bright suits or your disease is you lay in the sun or your disease is hiking or your disease is working out all the time or being a workaholic or being a... Those are all your diseases. Well, this is mine. All right, because any preference, like any of these things people do, you know, while some work for them, many of them have a detrimental effect. That's just life. Again, we're human. Everything we do, even things we like, we will all at times do out of moderation. That's being perfectly imperfect. And so don't restrict yourself. Learn how to accept and love every aspect of yourself. Start dating again. Every single obstacle in life is a blessing. It's only a problem when we choose to give ourselves away, play the victim, hold ourselves up, and quit. Life, I, there's a great documentary out on Netflix that came out recently. It's called Stutz, I think. It's, uh, what's his name, Jonas Hill, I think, and his therapist. And his therapist brought up something in uh, because they talk about their relationship. And he said, there are three guarantees in life you, th that to know you're alive, you have to go through these things. Like it's a requirement <clears throat> that in life, every single one of us will experience pain. It is unavoidable. It is proof that you're a human being and you're on this planet. The other thing we will always experience in life is uncertainty. And the final aspect is that the act of living life requires work. Now, the problem in people's lives is they want to avoid pain, which creates more pain. They try and control everything because they don't want to be uncertain, but that control creates more uncertainty. And they usually do both of those by avoiding doing the work. The single greatest pain deliverer and cause of uncertainty in life is the lack of desire 
to do the work, to go experience pain, learn about it, become an expert in it, learn how to navigate it, embrace it, love it, and recognize that in all of our pain, obstacles, these are obstacles that are meant to be overcome, and the better we get at that, the less uncertain we feel. But to, to minimize pain and create more certainty requires doing the work of life and the work of recovery. And so someone with an STD or STI needs to do the work to get better at experiencing the pain by dating again, to remove the uncertainty and learn to accept this is who I am and it's okay. That requires work. Now, a suggestion when it comes to sharing this information is I always talk about gas pedals. When you meet people, we, we don't come right out of the gate sharing all of this information, or you can't. Like, you have a choice. You can meet someone on a dating app and go, look, before this gets too far, I want you to know, I have this condition. Is that okay with you or not? You can just like lead with it. Like, I don't wanna waste time, and if you just say it's a no, then we'll just move on. That's an option. Another option is to get to know somebody, learn about them, and if you feel there's a potential for connection at that point, before being intimate, to have a discussion and say, look, I really need to discuss something with you. I feel like we're getting along really well, and this has a potential for something, but you need to know I have a perfect imperfection, and this is it, and allow that person to choose. And so that's the gas pedal analogy of is they go five miles an hour, I go five. Maybe I bump up to seven, eight, nine, ten, sharing a little bit more personal information. Watch what they do. They go back to zero, I go back to zero. Oh, not going to tell them about this condition I have, which in many other conditions we have, right? Because we, we all have more than just this. Because we're human. We all have tons of diseases. It just depends on if you want to buy into society's judgment of those diseases. I choose not to. I choose to see all of us as perfectly imperfect, perfectly diseased, and this just happens to be yours. Well, man, I've listed off a lot of my diseases. You may not want to have anything to do with those either, all right? Well, that's not a rejection of me. You just like different diseases. Like some people are like, no, I like that one. That one's fun. Okay, good for you. That's how I want you to approach this. Look at it from that angle. So when it comes to dating again, how to approach it, you, you really have two options. Come right out of the gate with it or use the gas pedal analogy of getting to know somebody and when you think it's getting somewhere, then you can have the discussion. The other thing I would um, suggest is if you, do decide, if you are dating, you do decide to do that, have that discussion in person. Be direct. Be very open with them about what happened, um, what the situation is, and educate them. Most people don't realize that half the population is walking around with an STI. Most people don't realize that, uh, I'm sorry, one out of five people are walking, out, walking around with an STI, and half the population will end up with one or an STD in their life. All right, They're just unaware of how common it is that it's more common than many other socially acceptable perfect imperfections. So include that in that. Also educate them that most of the STIs are only active during an outbreak, which is easily recognizable, can be worked around, and that this other person 
isn't in danger. That they're perfectly, it's, it's no different than being with someone without one, as long as I am responsible about taking care of myself. And if there is an outbreak, I protect you, I protect me by letting that be known. Again, if that person has a judgmental response, recognize that judgment is not about you. Consider yourself lucky for a couple of reasons. One, this person, in their judgment, look for the metaphor that they're using about their judgment. They're telling you about their life and about how they see themselves, about their own pain and their own lack of self-forgiveness. That's an incredibly vulnerable gift. That's what people don't realize about criticism and judgment. We all get defensive, and I do too. But when I'm less diseased and more appropriate, I'm able to pause and go, oh my God, this person just totally opened up their soul to me. What a gift. How fortunate am I? That's the first thing I recognize. The second gift is if this person, at least in my life, and you get to decide, you may have different parameters, but I know for me, if a person can't, isn't aware of how self-deception and denial and judgments and all of this work, and they make that judgment on me, and they're not willing to go do the work and see themselves, man, am I lucky that you showed me how you handle these things because that doesn't work in my life. It's not a rejection of them. Again, this is me. I get to choose which diseases I like to hang out with. Well, I don't like to hang out with self-deception and denial. It doesn't, you can't have a relationship. It's just not possible because that person isn't in truth. They're not in reality and they don't know it. Well, how could they ever love me when they're not even present in their own life and they can't see that their judgment is a lack of love for themselves? Like it doesn't, it wouldn't matter how much I loved and adored. I could be the perfect person and they'd never let it in because they can't let it in for themselves. And see, we can never accept love from others unless we learn how to accept it from ourselves first. And so I consider myself incredibly lucky if somebody shows me right out of the gate, this is how they approach things. It saves me a lot of potential heartache and time invested because now I see, oh, we don't want the same things. We don't approach this from the same area so that if we ever were to get in a fight and I blame you, and I'm always going to turn that blame back on myself and then come back and go, oh my God, I was talking about me. Here's how I did it. I, yep, my disease popped up. I had an outbreak of my disease and I tried to make you the problem. And it's actually, this part is about me. Now there are aspects that are about you. And, you know, I may ask that, you know, you take a look at those. But if I can't find a partner who's willing to do that, I can't, there's, at least in my life experience, relate, there's no relationship there. You have two people out of touch with reality in self-deception. There's no love. Love isn't possible. Well, I want, I personally am in a place now where I like less disease in my life or maybe it's not less disease because I don't know if that's possible. What I like is people willing to face their disease not be perfect at it. I'm okay if they have outbreaks. What I'm not okay with is if they deny 
that they even have outbreaks. Now, do you see how I'm equating your condition to an outbreak? We all have outbreaks. We all have diseases. We all have imperfections. Cut yourself some slack. Get into truth. Don't reject yourself. Don't give yourself away. Don't deny yourself love from you. That's the most important thing. Love yourself. From that place, you'll find somebody who can accept your disease, and you'll have to learn to accept theirs as well. <clears throat> Finally, how to deal with the shame and guilt. Remember, at all times, no matter what, you have worth. You are so worthy of love from you, most of all. Let that sink in. At all times, no matter what you do, there isn't anything you need to do or become. You already are love. You already are enough. At all times, regardless of what disease you have, you are enough. That is the primary work. If you want to pull yourself out of this, is recognizing whenever any of these conditions come up, these side effects of being diseased, of any disease, is to recognize when I have an outbreak of my disease or diseases, I still have value. I still have worth. There's no shame. There's no guilt. I am worthy. <clears throat> to help you achieve that, I would suggest my guilt and shame playlist on my YouTube channel. I'd also suggest a specific video, How to Forgive Yourself. You can search all of those on YouTube and find those. So there are your five ways to navigate this. I think if it were me and I were in this position, the thing I would walk away from this video um, grabbing onto is one, we are all diseased in our own unique way by the mere fact that we are human. And part of the human condition is to struggle with diseases and have outbreaks of those diseases. And that even when we do, all of us have worth at all times, even in the midst of our outbreak. So if this is something you struggle with, I hope this gives you a chance to love yourself, reclaim your worth, and recognize you're just perfectly imperfect and it's okay. Don't give your life away. Don't give your power away. Claim 